Thank you for joining us on this Thursday evening. That is Acts of the Holy Ghost. You're listening to Sunday Morning Live. That's SML Inside the Pages presented by Cornerstone Apostolic Church located at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona. This is Pastor Carl Henderson. Today is October 21st, 2021. And God is still on the throne. I don't look for him to be off the throne anytime soon. Uh, from now throughout eternity is a perpetual reign. And so certainly we thank and praise God for his goodness and his grace on this day. 
Our Sunday morning worship begins at 8 a.m. Tuesday Bible study at 7 p.m. We believe the Bible is the word of God. Therefore, we are faithful. We are bold. We are the church. We believe the best way to face opposition is by obedience to the word of God. And you can't do that without keeping your focus on Jesus. And you can't do that without being steadfast, unmovable, abiding in his word, even when you don't want to. That's what's going to make the difference with those that are saved. Uh, the end game. When I say saved, I'm talking about the end game. The reward. Uh that's what's going to make the difference between those and, and well, you know, there's a show on TV and I, I don't watch it, but I've seen the title of it, The Haves and Half Nots. We want everybody to be saved. God said, I would that no man would perish. So, uh, so no one, none of God's children, many in good sense, should ever want anyone to be lost. You know, there's a curse that people put on others by telling them to go to hell. And hell was not created for men. The Bible plainly says that it was created for the devil and his angels. And so um, uh, it is a tormenting place uh, for eternity. And so you should never, I don't, I'm sorry, I disagree with, with you if you think that because someone did you wrong, how much wrong have you done? What about the fact that we were all enemies unto God? And he said, his only begotten son, that whosoever believe in him should not perish, but have everlasting life. And that belief is not a, because I believe God is, it is a belief that I take action upon. We're in the book of Acts, the 21st chapter, and I solicit your prayers. We're going to go to God in prayer, but I solicit your prayers too. I'm not, a, I'm not 100%. Um, I'm little congested, you know, not afraid to talk about things because this is life. And, but I want it to be, I want to pour myself out unto the Lord. And I've made that statement many times over the airways. My goal is to serve the Lord. And that's what I'm going to do. It's not just a goal being announced. It is something that I am doing uh, for my soul's salvation. And I pray that you are doing the same for yours. Father, in the name of Jesus, we thank you, Lord, for your goodness and grace. Thank you for your mercy, your kindness, Lord, giving us this day and for giving us our daily bread. Lord God, and we pray and ask that you would help us to be forgiving as others have, if you have been forgiven unto us. We know that your word says, if we don't forgive, we will not be forgiven. Lord God, so help us to line up with your will. Help us to abide in your will. Stir up the hearts of those that are walking around holding things against others. Father, we pray and ask that you would bless every listener that tunes in this evening and those that will be listening later because of work, because of the, the hours that this is live, but they're in a different time zone. Lord God, and I pray and ask that you stir up the mind of those that could be and are not. Lord Jesus, I pray against I pray for those that are willfully disobedient. I pray for those that are backslidden. Lord God, I pray that you would touch the, the mind and hearts of those, Lord God, that have been uh, witness to, those that have been invited to service, Lord God. Lord, that they may hear your word and ask what must I do to be saved. 
Bless us to be examples, Lord God, of sanctified, Lord God, of your people. Bless us, Lord God, to live holy as you are holy, Lord Jesus, and to bring down every stronghold, everything that would exalt itself against you. Lord God, beginning with ourselves, Lord God, we thank you right now, Lord, for your goodness. We thank you for your, uh, ask that you would bless, Lord, remember the bereaved family that lost this evening, Lord God, the Taylor. Lord Jesus, bless them, Lord Jesus, and remember the prayer requests that have come over through the through the website, Lord God, and ask that you remember each individual. You know their needs, Lord. Lord Jesus, we thank you right now, Lord God. Lord Jesus, and we'll continue to give you praise and to give you glory. In Jesus' name, amen. I, certainly we are, again, we thank God for his mercy. You know, on our website, connectingtruth.org, that is connectingtruth.org, um, we have a page there that will actually, a communication right there that you click. There's not many tabs there be, by design uh, so that you can click and send in prayer requests as we are praying so that we will remember it, call your family or you as an individual out in prayer. Uh, prayer is always needed. The Bible said man should always pray. So that means our communication with God is continual. Even as we go through the day, as we're in our classrooms, as we are on the job, uh, we are in constant communication with God, not asking things. He's not a genie in a bottle. He's not a Coke machine or anything of that nature, but he is God. And we seek him and we worship him. We exalt his name. Uh, the only name that is given unto heaven whereby men must be saved. And so uh, certainly we want to remember um, each one another in prayer. Let, but let's go into the word of God. I'm not going to be long this evening, as I said. Um, but, you know, our weather is changing here in Southern California. You know, Southern California is different. We're not used to rain. We're not used to anything here. We get some drizzle and there's major um, catastrophe or you see it's red lights far behind and, you know, all those different things are triggered just by a little drizzle. Whereas other parts of the country, the U.S. and places, they're used to certain weather changes and everything, you know, and so it's really uh, comical when you think about it, at least to me it is. The Bible tells us, and we're reading from Acts, the 21st chapter Chapter 1 through 7, oh, it's comical to you too, huh? <laughs> All right, listen, we're Acts 21, 1 through 7. Uh, we call now, you know, the Apostle Paul had called the elders together uh, to come to address his departure and the possibility of not seeing them again. The persecution was high and people had plotted against him many times. And, but his commitment was great. The question comes to mind, uh, can you stand the rain? Can you stand the rain? You know, we, we love the sunshine. We love when everything is going smooth. What about when the rain comes? And, you know, when it's raining on your parade, how strong is your commitment? Is your commitment unto God where it could be? Or is it based on how you feel in the moment? Because we get really caught up in our feelings. You can you can tell 
by the actions uh, and conversations of people um, when they're caught up in their feelings and, you know, and it may not be anything you've done, but, you know, I learned a long time ago that whatever's in a person's mind is their reality. It could be 100% wrong. It could be 100% right. But whatever they're, however they're looking at it, that is their reality. Now, it doesn't excuse um, taking wrong actions, you know, just blatant sin. That, that's the difference. But that reality that they're dealing with, that image in their mind, is that person's reality. And we have to keep our mind washed by the word of God. We have to use common sense. We have to stop. Step back, take a look at things, because we might look at a situation, and then after we take another look at it, we realize, you know, it's just like reading a text message or reading an email. You know, sometimes we, we, as we read it, we develop a tone, and then when you talk to that individual, they did not have that tone. They were not trying to, um, to give you that type of feeling in, in their message, but we picked up and, and it came across that way. You know, so we need to be careful. Certainly we can discern and tell by the actions of others and their conversations when people cut you short. And and certain certainly the, the spirit of discernment will tell you uh, where someone is. And as pastors, as ministers of the gospel, and as saints of God, some of us have discernment. And some say they have discernment, but they don't. Uh, they don't have discernment. Or at least that gift is not operating with them if they do because discernment everything starts with us and you know you have to check yourself you know they say check yourself before you wreck yourself but we all have to pay attention to what's going on with ourselves and it is one day one day at a time one day one word can make a difference it can do wonders the bible says it came to pass that after uh, we were gotten from them and had launched. This is Paul continuing on after he had dressed, they had prayer that, that it came to pass after they had gotten from them and had launched. They came to with a straight course unto Coos. And the day followed uh, unto uh, Rhodes and, and unto uh, Patara and finding and finding a ship sailing over to Venetia, went we aboard and set forth. So they were on a smaller boat from my understanding, and they transferred over to a larger boat to go uh, to continue their journey. And so uh, it, it, this journeys were not as quickly as ours. And, you know, um, by land, it would take days, many days, and by water, it took them a day or so. And and so even boarding onto a larger boat, said now when we had discovered Cyprus, we left it on the left. So they didn't stop. They kept sailing to Syria and landed in Tyre. Uh, for there, the ship was to unload her burden. The people that had book space on the ship to carry the cargo, they had made it to a destination they were going to unload there. You know, it's you. You understand that unloading means to remove a, a, a weight. You know, to remove stuff. It's important that you do something to relieve tension. You know, we have weights and tension and stress that accompany the day or situation 
uh, even sin. Sin itself is a burden and it has to be unloaded as well. We need to get things off of us. Just like the ship does, we do too. We need to unload. Have you unloaded? You know, we, our friends and associates, we bounce things off of one another. And it's great to have a listening ear. And it's great that that is, is even better when the person that has a listening ear know what to do with what you unload on them. You know, as we bounce things from one another so that we can get it off of us. But we need to keep, when someone is unloading, you need to be aware and keep that thing moving. Don't hold it in yourself because it will, you, you're not a verbiage can. And it doesn't, it, it helps to help someone unload, but you need to keep it moving. Or that weight will be a pressure on you. You'll be wondering why you're feeling pain in your body, why you're having a headache and, you know, and feeling a certain way because you didn't keep it moving. You have to keep it moving. Keep it moving. Natural relief comes from a time of complete rest. You know, um, you need to make sure that you get the proper rest to help you regroup. A physical exercise helps disperse the energy that has been built up for maybe a conversation with someone or maybe something said to you, you know, that energy is waiting to be released. And, and so a physical uh, baseball, football, whatever your thing is, you know, you need to do something, go for a walk to release that uh, pressure that has built up. And just like we do it in the natural, you need to do have a spiritual release too. I, I heard the psalmist say in Psalms 38 and 4, for my iniquity are gone over my head as and as heavy burden, they are too heavy for me. Now, Matthews 11 and 28 and 30, uh, the word of God says, come unto me, all ye that are labored and heavy laden, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn of me, for I am meek and lowly in heart, and ye shall find rest unto your soul. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So we need to have a spiritual release as well. And we need to know what to do. As the psalmist prayed, said, hey, recognizing that my burden is heavy. If you've been like the psalmist, if you've been like me and had heavy burdens because of sin, you need deliverance. And God brought about that deliverance. This poor man cried and the Lord heard him and delivered him from all his suffering. Some of that suffering is caused from sin. Some of the suffering is caused from doing something, doing what is right. Now, don't get into sin when you're doing what's right and you find that you're suffering for righteousness sake and you get upset and then sin, you, you just messed everything up. Uh-huh. Let me say that again. You're doing what's right and all of a sudden you something happens in your life and now you're suffering and then you decide to sin because you don't like because you don't like what's going on in your life. You've messed things up pretty bad at that moment. You don't allow God to show His hand and to work things out for you, and so you need to be careful. That the Scripture says, "Come unto me, all, all you that are labor and are heavy laden, and I will give you rest." God said, "I will give you rest." Another Scripture says, "Keep if you keep your mind stayed on me, I'll give you peace." I'll give you peace. So we need to keep our minds in the right place. Keep our hearts in the right place. <coughs> Excuse me. 
so that God can work with us and on us. Take my yoke upon you. Learn of me. Learn of me. Uh, there's a process. We need to learn of God. We need to learn his will and we need to learn how he works. And we can't do that if we don't yield ourselves to the learning process. For I am meek and lowly in heart and you shall find rest in your soul. The fourth verse uh, says, in finding disciples, he tarried seven days. So there was a week that uh, they didn't go anywhere. Who said to Paul through the spirit that he should not go up to Jerusalem. So Paul wanted to go to Jerusalem. It was in his heart to desire that this is what I want to do. But he, when he met the disciples that was there, those that believed and was following the word of God, those that had, uh, the Bible said that through the spirit, the Lord began to use them and they talked to Paul and said, don't, don't go, uh, don't go up to Jerusalem. Now, Paul was determined to travel there, but the saints warned him not to go. Now, generally speaking, and I do mean this is a general sense and from experience, there are certain resentments people display when told not to go or not to do, to come or to stand still. You know, you're, you're given instructions and you resent those instructions. I'm grown. I love when I hear people say I'm grown because when you say I'm grown, it means that you are responsible. It doesn't mean that you have physically... Uh, because you have physically grown a few inches, you know, you, you got some hair now that you need to shave and, uh, you know, you have some personal things that you, that you need to meet that you didn't have before you, you know, you can uh, pretty much because somebody told you you was cute, you know, then now all of a sudden you grown. But where is the common sense at? Growth comes with having some sense of responsibility. Growth comes, uh, growth comes with having a mature presence of business. The Bible said be men in business. So when you say I'm grown, are you saying I, I know how to handle business? Not an ideology of what you think business is, but really a correct way of handling things, a correct way of dealing with people, uh, a correct way of doing, of living. You know, all of that comes in, in you know, and when you say I'm, I'm grown, it's all wrapped in that. If, it, if it's anything less than, uh, I'm just going to say common sense, common sense, common sense, common sense, to, you know, where you can look and see that if I, if I go that way, there's a hole in the ground. But if I keep, and if I go down that way, I'm going to fall in that hole. You know, common sense says don't go down that path. Common sense says don't touch the red hot stove. It's hot. You felt the heat before you even put your hands on top of it. Don't touch. Common sense says do not walk on broken glass. Common sense, barefooted. Common sense. Common sense says, and I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to touch this right here. Uh, ladies, gentlemen, common sense says use protection. Common sense. Now, I'm not condoning uh, unmarital affair and, uh, or adultery, anything like that. But common sense says, use protection. Don't do things, taking chances, especially taking a chance with somebody. I, I was talking to people and they talking about dating sites and stuff. You know, you taking a chance meeting somebody and you know they cheat on their wife, they cheat on their husband, and you don't have a, a, a bust a rhyme moment. 
And for those of you who don't know, Buster Ron talks about in his rap, he don't like, he likes it raw. You better, don't be a fool, use protection. You fooling around with people, use protection. You, ooh, I, I wanted to use a word there that I don't think would have been appropriate. It wasn't a cuss word. I just don't, want, I'm not trying to offend nobody. If we were in a closed session, I would have used it. Uh, but listen, I think you got the point. Common sense. Common sense says be at work on time. Common sense says uh, serve the Lord too. <laughs> Common sense. That's what that urging is in people that uh, some know and some don't know. That 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 yearn, yearning to worship someone, to to love someone in that nature is a is what God has put is a, in an inert nature within us to worship. I'm going to put that in with common sense because God soon exposes that to us. And the common sense is to follow it. To be instructed regarding your soul salvation is God's will and it wars against the flesh. Now, Paul was instructed that he should not go up to Jerusalem. But we have a war in our that goes on when we're told to do something or what we should do. We war against that. We have a problem with that until we humble ourselves. Well, you know, Miriam and Aaron told, um, felt like this to Moses. We hear from God, you know, snapping up fingers and, you know, and head moving, whatever they did um, as, as folks back then. We hear from God too. But listen, let me tell you something right now. Your prayer you can pray and talk to God, and that's and you sh as you should, but that does not supersede. It did not supersede Moses, who stood in the presence of God. You need to understand the responsibility of the uh, covenant that God has between His people and Him. You need to understand the Ark of the Covenant that represented the principle, represented the presence of God as well. To be instructed uh, regarding your soul salvation as God's will, and it wars against the flesh. Galatians 5 and 17, for the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. And those are contrary the one to another so that they cannot do the thing that you would. But it's your responsibility to bring that flesh into subjection. Now, Paul gave this testimony, he said, I crucify this flesh daily. And, and we all have to do that because flesh will rise up. Flesh will go on parade. Flesh will start doing things that it should not be doing. Paul had an ear to hear those providing spiritual advice to his well-being. When you don't want to hear the advice that's given, you want to get an attitude and, you know, and rebel or, you know, cut off the person that's telling you what to do, then that's not to your well-being. It's going to come back and it's going to bite you. Now, for those that are backslidden, people that were backslidden and they have been reunited with the church in the church, you need to be aware that because you were, you reached a point and you don't know if when you do what is wrong again and decide to leave the church, if you will be accepted back by God. And it doesn't mean that you're going to go back to that church that you left, but you need to understand God is not a toy. No, he's not a toy. He's not a toy. And so let's not play with him as a toy, but let's line up as, as people of God. Let's line up with the will of God. 
Paul had an ear to hear those providing spiritual advice to his well-being. I'm not talking about spiritual advice because you called a radio show host. No, if you when you have a pastor, you go to your pastor because that pastor is accountable to you. That pastor is accountable to God. Now, sheep are not shepherds. So they don't govern themselves. What they do uh, without guidance is wander off. The shepherd is to give guidance. The sheep wander off when there's no guidance. Uh, they become infested. Hair get all matted up. You know, uh, they become injured and eventually consumed by a predator. Hebrews 13 and 17 says, Obey them that have the rule over you and submit yourselves for they watch for your souls. And as they that must give an account that they may do it with joy and not with grief, for this is unprofitable for you. Now, I'm going to say that when the pastor goes before the Lord, uh, as he's going through the day as and talking to the Lord about the congregation, about responsibility, your name may come up and he may, and he may be talking to God and it's not a joyous moment. We're not even talking about the end of all things. We're talking about right now. And so Paul had an ear to hear what those disciples and, what, and through the spirit, through the Holy Ghost, was giving him instructions that he should not go up to Jerusalem at that moment. My God. And when he had accomplished days, he had spent uh, that time with them. He departed and went and they went uh, their way and they all brought us on our way as scripture with wives and children so they they walked them down to the ship uh, till we were out of the city and they kneeled down on the shore and they prayed now prayer alone is good but God's will includes gathering together as well Matthew 6 and 6 says but thou when thou prayest enter to thy closet and when thou shut the door, pray to thy father, which is in secret. And thy father, which seeth in secret, shall reward thee openly. So there is the individual prayer, the prayer that, that's going on in your home, on, on the job, in the car. You know, the, the time that you spend with God in, in a moment of communication where there's no one else around. The house is empty. Or you sent the children out to play with the same difference, you know. You're not being disturbed by cell phones and your computer's not in the room with you. You know, you shut it down to give God some personal attention. And then there's Hebrews uh, 10 and 25 says, not forsaking the assembly of yourselves together as some, as the manner of some is, but exhorting one another. And so much more as you see the day approaching. What day? The day of the Lord. Well, pastor, you don't know, you know, the government has said, no, I do know because we pay attention to all of that and we believe in obeying the, the laws of the land. I don't run through stop signs, not intentionally, you know, I don't do California terms. <laughs> um, you know, I, I caught myself one time turning on, uh, on a red light, a red arrow. And as I turned, I saw the sign that says to wait and, um, you know, but this not it was not intentional, and if anything would have happened, it would have been my fault. However, we see the day of the Lord approaching, and we want to ignore 
the things that God has said. There's a time that we're alone and there are times that we gather together as the word of God has said. And the Lord knew that there would be pestilence and all of that. And he knew that what was going to meet us in our day. And it is a responsibility of the church and the administration of the church to make preparation for the days as they come. And what we need to do when we are uh, in service as well as what we need to do when we're not in service knowing what God's word is. And I'm not a minister to say, well, you know, there's God is not going to allow anything to touch you or anything. No, no. Whatever God's will is, is going to be his will. It's going to happen. Whatever his will is, is going to take place. During the stay at home, uh, church, stay at home. Uh, yes. And God will is going to bless your obedience and your faithfulness even in that time. Well, I want you to know church doors are open and you should still, uh, I proceed with caution. Don't, don't get me wrong. I uh, go, uh, when I step out, I still uh, use carefulness because I don't know what other people are doing, where they have been. You know, I, I hope everyone will, but I do make my way to the church and the Lord has blessed us. The sanctuary is large enough where we, where we can well, we are spread out uh, with that care. And so, and I don't know about your church. You know, you, you can go, but you need to go and gather together at some time. It's not enough to not go, as the word of God says, not forsaking the assembly of yourselves together as the manner of some, but exhorting one another in, in so much the more as you see the day approaching. Saints and friends, the day is approaching. It may not happen tomorrow. No one knows the day or the hour except God himself. But you want to be found in his will. And the day that he comes, that one day, that one word in that day is going to make a difference. Come, my people. I, the trumpet of God will sound and the dead in Christ will rise first and then we which are alive. Only we which are alive that are obedient. Now, wait a minute. There's some folks, somebody died believing in God, but was not obedient to God. Well, if you're not obedient in life, you're certainly not going to be obedient in death. The Bible says as a tree fall, it lays. And so we want to make sure like Paul, we want to line up with God's word. Make the disciples, the brethren that Paul met, obviously they were in the will of God and that's why they were able to speak those things to him. The sixth verse says, and when he had taken, when we had taken our leave, one of another, we took ship and they returned home again. Those that had accompanied them uh, to the pier, to the shore, went home. And when we had finished our course from Tyre, we went to uh, Ptolemus and saluted the brethren and abode, abode, stayed with them one day. Because Paul took time to visit the brethren um, that lived there, I believe people were strengthened. Because, uh, and not just Paul, but all those that accompanied him. Paul was not just walking around by himself. There was people accompanying him. People were strengthened. Hope was built. A bad hair day could have been straightened out. You know, maybe the color was changed. 
naps unraveled, uh, tapered, or trimmed. You understand what I'm saying? That things that may have been uh, distorted, things that may have been troublesome, that visitation of spending a day with them could have made a difference. All because they thought enough of them to stop and spend a day with them. Have you stopped and spent a day with, with someone that just encouraged their heart? Not asking for anything. You just wanted to be there. That's what I love about visiting uh, uh, the, the fellowship of churches and stuff is that I, I just drop in just to be there, just to be present. It makes a difference in, in my life. It makes a difference in their life and vice versa. When someone just drops in the cornerstone, it makes a difference. Now, there's a personal testimony that I'm going to give as we... we close out, you know, um, uh, because one day makes a difference. One word make a difference. I, I drove five hours with the purpose in mind to stop and see someone I had not seen or uh, truly spoken with in years. And I had been praying and spending time on the altar and, and hoping things would change. And when I arrived at the destination, uh, we were met with some attitude. Even uh, asked me if I had came driven that far just to just to see them in a day, and they said I wouldn't have done that for you. A little agua here, but that didn't matter because it wasn't about me. And when we do things out of kindness, it's not about us. It's about the act, the kindness, and what we're doing. And who we're doing it unto. And so that hostility met us. And, and the person accompanying me said, got upset and, and asked me, why did I take that abuse? Because it wasn't about me. That's why I could take it. Well, about two months that went by. And I got a call from that individual that they, uh, that soul, that individual had went to the local church that I had told them about. And they rededicated their lives unto the Lord. And today they're on the evangelistic team. They started a woman's ministry and dealing with women and abuse. Uh, they're part of the jail ministry. And we talk weekly to see how we're doing. And we can talk about anything um, that we want to talk about. We talk about business. We talk about scripture. We uh, They give me advice on, on some things that could help me out in different things. So they are a plus. But you know, it was all because of one day. All because of that one journey. But some of you may have family or friends and issues that need, that have separated you over time. Well, they not, they block my, and all that. No, look, but you won't know that unless you make an effort. What you do matters. You may not, like Paul, Paul um, traveled 500 plus miles. It took them over a week to get to those brethren that they spent the day with. Uh, you don't may not have to go five hours like I did. But one day can make a difference in your life. And it can make a difference in the life of another. Just one day, one word can make a difference 
it can do wonders. Mighty God, bless your Lord Jesus. Father, we thank you for this short word of exhortation, Lord, and pray and ask, Lord God, that you will continue to watch over and keep us. Help us to abide in your will. Help us to do your will, Lord, that we may be found pleasing in your sight. We ask these blessings in Jesus' name. Amen. This is Pastor Carl Henderson of Cornerstone Apostolic Church, located at 524 East Pasadena Street in the city of Pomona. Look forward to seeing you in service soon. Until then, be blessed and rest in the Lord. Don't forget to join in with us on Sunday morning as we continue in the book of Revelation. We scratched the surface on the sixth seal that was open, but there's so much more from the sixth seal that we did not cover. And so certainly the word of God is inexhaustible. We look forward to also uh, what God has to say on Sunday morning as he tarries. And if he doesn't tarry, well, I'll see you up yonder.